Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast. Now I am here. This is the 100th episode of From the Bleachers. I started this podcast, I think, in October, November 2019 on the BGN Radio Network. Came on as an official contributor for the site uh, the end of that summer. So it's weird that this is a 100th episode. I wanted to do something big for this episode. Not doing something big with in terms of a guest, but... Actually, have great topics to talk about. So excited to feels just right that this is the hundredth episode. Given where my fandom and time covering the Eagles, if you want to call it covering, if you want to talk about writing about talking about it, because I'm not really a media member, I'm just guy who exists in this gray area. Whatever, it's a good time to kind of look back on things. I think uh, recording this late Wednesday afternoon, early Wednesday evening in Philadelphia, headed to the Casey Musgraves concert tonight. Very excited for that. Should be a nice night out. But the big news in Eagles world today, nothing in terms of on the field concrete stuff, but Brandon Brooks, three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, Brandon Brooks has retired. He announced his retirement early this morning. I think he was at 11 o'clock press conference this morning on Wednesday. And it was a rough end to his career in Philadelphia. Uh, Brooks was someone who came to Philadelphia in 2016, that offseason when Howie Roseman got power back, signed as a free agent from the Houston Texans. Played pretty well in 2016, missed two games that season while dealing with anxiety issues. And that's something we're going to talk about significantly later on in this podcast as we keep going with Brooks's career. 2017 starts all 16 games, anchors the right guard spot next to Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey as part of that unbelievable offensive line that allows the Eagles to play those two juggernaut offensive games in the NFC Championship game against the Vikings in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, putting up 38 and 41 points respectively. And a lot of that's on Nick Foles, a lot of that's on Doug Peterson, Frank Reich. But that offensive line was just unbelievable. And comes back next year, 2018, Eagles obviously aren't as good as they are in 2017. They, they do want a playoff game. Brooks is selected. It was second straight Pro Bowl berth. Uh, but unfortunately, this kind of started the, the end of Brooks's career in Philadelphia in a way, was in that divisional round playoff game against the Saints, uh, Brooks uh, tears his Achilles in the game as an Achilles injury, misses the remainder of the game. And really th- that game wasn't the same after Brooks went out. It was relatively early in the game. The Eagles had gone up 14-0, uh, end up losing and without scoring another point the entire game. And you have to think, you know, what if Brooks doesn't get hurt there? Is the offense moving better that game? What if Alshon doesn't drop that pass? There's a bunch of what-ifs that really surround that. Eagles squad in 2018 in that Saints game. And that's really the last true game of the Super Bowl era, I think, in a way, because it's Nick Foles' last game 
as the Philadelphia Eagles the last time they had that magical Super Bowl run feel that only really existed uh, in a way when Foles came back in in 2018. Uh, has this miraculous rehab in the 2018-2019 offseason, comes back to the 2019 season, plays all 16 games, gets up to his third straight Pro Bowl appearance, but then in the last game of the 2019 regular season up in the Meadowlands against the Giants, he dislocates his shoulder and he misses the Eagles' playoff game against Seattle. Uh, that wild card round game where once got knocked out of the game, Eagles lose at home. Uh, that's January 2020. That game happened. 2020 offseason, like, Brooks suffers yet another Achilles injury and he misses the entirety of the 2020 season. Uh, 2021 season, he plays the first two games, gets hurt, gets hurt again. And, you know, that's the injury that ends his career where he never played for the Eagles again after week two against San Francisco. So it's unfortunate the way Brooks has gone out. But remembering him as a player is something that should be done, given that, again, he's one of the best Eagles linemen I've seen. The Eagles, my entire life, going back to, you know, I say I became a fan really in 2000, 2001. I was born in 1994. That's a normal time to really start being in the nitty gritty of following football religiously. And certainly because the Eagles are pretty good then. Uh, that age, that young age where a lot of fans might be, you know, gravitating towards the quote unquote good teams, even if they're not from your respective hometowns or respective cities. I was lucky enough that the Eagles were a good team then. And I've seen so many great offensive linemen in Philadelphia and Brandon Brooks uh, ranks right upside with them. And like I said, he was uh, in between two unbelievable figures and Jane and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson guys who are legends in this town. But I think Kelsey, but I think Brooks. Uh, should also be remembered as a legend along those guys because of how well he really played in that 2016 to 2019 run. And specifically in those playoff games where the Eagles just demolished the top ranked defense in the NFL and the Vikings and scored 41 points against the greatest defensive mind of all time with a backup quarterback. Brandon Brooks, your legend on the field forever. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And what makes Brooks truly one of my favorite Eagles ever? Obviously, I love everyone that was a huge contributor on that 27th Super Bowl team to different degrees. But everyone that was on that team, even guys that we malign now and Nelson Aguilar, whatever, Nelson Aguilar had what, like 89, nine catches for 89 receiving yards or something in the Super Bowl. That was an unbelievable performance. Like we make that, you know, unlike Aguilar, he, he did pretty poorly in 2019, his last season here, but you know, integral, integral part of the Super Bowl team. The Eagles don't win the Super Bowl without Dustin Aguilar. As weird as that might sound, it's uh, without a doubt true. But Brooks, what stands out to me and something that I think helps him connect with so many people in this fan base. And it's so weird that the you think of offensive linemen as guys who don't have really strong personalities, guys that aren't marketable. And maybe it's different in different cities or whatever. But in Philadelphia, uh, Maybe the most famous figure from that two-world run, other than, I guess, Nick Foles, is Jason Kelsey, not only just the parade. He's just that overjoyed, outgoing personality, bartending and sea aisle, all these, all this fun stuff. And Lane Johnson's right up there, a guy who's, you know, putting you on the dog mask, all that stuff. And what's different between them and, and Brandon Brooks is uh, the way he spoke up, at least initially. Obviously, Lane Johnson can talk about some of his mental health issues this past season, and we can get into that. But... You know, those, those guys were larger-than-life figures during the Super Bowl run, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And Brandon Brooks was a little bit different where, like I said, in the 2016 season, he missed two games while dealing with anxiety issues. And that's something we might not think of as a huge deal now because it isn't a huge – I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate when players in this time because not only is that unfortunate for the team itself, but 
you know that player, that person, because it goes beyond them being a player. They're, they're individuals. That individual is dealing with something immense that requires them to step away from their job, even if it's a job that you know millions of people like us, not that millions of people listen to this podcast, but you can see millions of fans, uh, their lives revolve around in some sort of way. And in 2016, I remember Brooks got a lot of criticism for that. And not from, you know, writers and media members, but just if you go on Twitter, you see nasty stuff all the time. And there was a lot of it then. And I think back to the way that happened and then the response that Lane Johnson had this press season in the 2021 season, when he missed a couple of games while dealing with some anxiety issues. And the response was just so, so totally different. And I'm so thankful people were like that to Lane. But I think it goes back to athletes like, Brandon Brooks, I know people all around the country don't necessarily know who Brandon Brooks is, but really he's one of the first athletes I can remember in this kind of modern age where the ideas and feelings and stigmatism around mental health has changed so much in the last, I guess you could say, six years or so. And maybe some people didn't understand the Brandon Brooks thing, but if it happened now, I'm sure it'd be a lot different than that initial reaction. I think over time, especially as he became an integral part of a team that was winning the Super Bowl, winning the division, uh, playing unbelievable in Midnight Green, it only f- further cemented him as saying, this guy is not just one of the baddest MFers I've seen play offensive line for the Eagles. That guy fights his own daily battles, deals with anxiety. Not everyone's mental health issues are similar. Everything's unique. I can't speak to exactly what Brandon Brooks goes through, and I'm sure sometimes it's really hell for him. He struggled with it. It struggled so much it had to take away from his, you know, God-given right to play football. Uh, this unbelievable talent, a guy who was, I know Ross Tucker tweeted today, uh, great NFL mind, great guy I love to follow on Twitter here on podcasts and the athletic show, stuff like that, uh, said most underrated guard in the NFL the last decade. Brandon Brooks was truly, truly an incredible player. But what he means to a lot of people out there, me in particular, because of the way he speaks out about those mental health issues, really elevates him to another tier for me. And it's wild to think maybe my three favorite members of that Super Bowl team are offensive line. Yeah, I played offensive line when I was you know, a kid playing CYO ball and stuff. But uh, that just speaks to the specialness of that Eagles team, the personalities that melded together. And you had these people that were not just incredible players, because it's obvious they won this effing Super Bowl, but incredible people too. And I'm really thankful for that. And you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably aware if you're you know a religious listener from the bleachers or odds and ends, I've talked about my mental health issues in the past and I've done it with, uh, you know, written about it for Bleeding Green Nation. And, you know, that was actually the first article I ever wrote for Bleeding Green Nation was before I was even a legitimate contributor. I'm saying you know, this is in 2016. I wrote an article about how uh, when Carson Wentz had become quarterback for the Eagles, it kind of revitalized myself in a way where I had this good, fun team that I was rooting for. And uh, in that summer of 2016, I had, had to take some time off from school. I got placed on medical leave. I uh, got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, uh, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, dealing with a lot of things, depression, anxiety, PTSD. Um, and it was really hard to deal with. And I didn't really know how to talk about it with other people in my life. It's, you know, kind of at the time and, and things are a little bit different now. And I'm so thankful that things are different now. But back then, I was just a little odd. It's not something people talked about a lot, especially as someone who you know, grew up in a male-dominated world is just a you know guy hangs out with male friends those types of things it's it's not as open of a topic and that certainly goes even more so in the 
you know, ultra macho world of professional sports, which makes Brooks and some other players since then who have talked out like Lane Johnson did this past year and, you know, cross sports, Kevin Love, DeMarta Rose, and a lot of guys have done this across different sport, professional sports leagues, and not just guys, women, professional tennis players, golfers, all those type of things, you know, cross genders, cross races, those people are all talking about the issues, but I can only sort of speak to how it reflects my own struggles. And obviously as a guy, that's where, you know, these things come to mind for me and where I can find my relation to those people's issues. And I didn't really know how to come to grips with it. I felt like I had messed up in my life so much. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get better. I didn't know how to get help. I didn't know how to ask other people in my life to help them have me rely on them and be vulnerable and try to get help, not just from, you know, a psychiatrist or psychologist or therapist, but from the people I was communicating with every day without truly, truly knowing what I was dealing with on the inside. And talking about the Eagles that season was something that, you know, I wrote that article in 2016 about Wentz and depression and the Eagles, and I got an overwhelming response. And that was the first time I had really opened up about my own mental health issues. Uh, and, you know, I had, you know, a million friends text me, message me, whatever. I was like, dude, I, I didn't know any of that. And I was like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing to talk about. I don't, I don't know how to bring it up. And but talking about it and putting it out there really made myself feel better and has since made me, I'm talking to people because some people will message me on Twitter, email me. I'm glad you have a nice following in the Philadelphia sports Twitter world realm, however you want to call it, where people you know are aware that I talk about these type of issues that maybe other people aren't talking about, which is fine. This is my thing. This is my niche, however you want to say. And I always say to people, talking about it, speaking up, being active, owning up and understanding what you're dealing with and communicating with the people in your life is huge and just as helpful as any sort of medical, psychologic, therapeutic treatment that you can be going through, just speaking with these people that are in your life, that really makes a huge difference and really helped change the trajectory of my life in a way and writing about it and being open about it did too. And it wasn't too long after that until Brooks had missed some time with anxiety and had spoken up about it. And then I had written another article. So I wasn't even a writer for BGN then. Uh, just, you know, had, I think Adam Harriman was the was the editor of the time. BLG did a brief hiatus with Philadelphia Mag before they closed their sports division, came, before he came and hopped back to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And it really hit me in the gut because I had just opened up about how this Eagles team and these new players on the team, whether it's Wentz, Doug Peterson, Frank Wright, all these new figures in, in the franchise – really revitalized me and gave me something to look for, forward to. When I woke up every morning, I listened to a podcast. I was working some construction job during my sabbatical from school. was really like the worst worker, just not really trying and trying to go through the motions. And because I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. Am I going to go back to school? Am I going to be allowed to go back to school? But the thing that kind of kept me going every day was thinking about the Eagles, thinking about Carson Wentz, thinking about this new team, Doug Peterson, these new free agents they brought in that were really, really good. These new players they had drafted. And one of them was Brandon Brooks. And, you know, the Eagles started off really well that year. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. But that exciting start really got me going, got me in motions after a really turbulent summer where I came to grips with my mental health issues. And then Brooks speaks out about that. And I, I read another article. Uh, I believe the title was Brandon Brooks makes it okay to not be okay. Something along those lines. And I had reposted it on Twitter today. So if you're listening to this on Thursday or whatever, you can check my Twitter timeline at Seamus underscore Clancy. You'll see a link to the article on there. And it was kind of talking about the things I'm talking about now where I've been dealing with all these issues and 
you know, becoming an Eagles fan in a way, you know, had a severe effect on my mental health issues. But at the same time, they became a solace for me, specifically in that season, as I was really going through treatment to, you know, take better care of myself and my mind. And then to see one of those players, one of those great players, one of those talented players that had reinvigorated this roster following the crash and burn of the Chip Kelly era, just warmed my heart. And he was really good in 2016. And guess what? In 2017 and 2018, he's probably the best right guard in football. This guy hit home for me, dealing with some similar things that I was dealing with. Again, not everyone's mental health struggles the same. Everything is universal. These are unique issues. Things he was talking about hit home to me were things that I was dealing with. And to see a guy of that stature, again, this guy who's a, you know, badass dude, badass MFer who could, you know, beat up on anyone in the football field across that gigantic offensive line lane, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, all these just unbelievable figures in Philadelphia sports lore. Knowing that guy out there was that good at football was this Herculean figure in a way at the same time is truly still an individual, still a person, still a human. It can be afflicted with the trials and tribulations of quote unquote normal people, people like myself, people who aren't professional athletes in the, in the wider scheme of things and the limelight, however you want to say it, just really made Brooks one of my favorite Eagles. And obviously the last couple of years really didn't work out the way he wanted to, whether the organization wanted to, that way we wanted to, uh, because he's very beloved in the city and, the outpour today where I see people talking about him being mental health champion and mental health advocate, uh, someone who is big on mental health awareness. Um, we're just in a very different world than we were six years ago in 2016 when I started coming to grips with my issues. Brooks speak, spoke up about his issues and just happy to see that things have changed so much. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. VAN29.com. Shout out to Brandon Brooks for everything. Brandon, you're a Philadelphia hero. We how lucky are we? We had two guys in Philadelphia at that time named Brandon who had unbelievable effects in my life. Brandon, Brandon Graham with that Super Bowl win. And then Brandon Brooks at this time just kind of, you know, going off topic here. But Brandon Brooks, uh, I kind of feel like I'm talking slowly or meekly, but I guess it's a serious issue and it's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's still hard to talk about. Sometimes I'm way more open about my mental health issues now because people have told me since then uh, the way maybe I had Brandon Brooks had an effect on me, maybe people who are, you know, listeners, podcast fans of my writing, my tweets, those type of things. Um, certainly there are, there are people out there who feel similar to me, deal with similar issues 
And I respect those people who can speak up or uh, totally appreciate it and warms my heart if someone tells me that me talking about these issues can have some, at least some semblance of an, a positive effect on their lives. That's what, that's what life's about, the human connection right there. In terms of the human connection, it, this just goes to this greater idea of the way the Eagles have just completely and utterly changed my life over the years. I feel like I'm getting emotional now. Maybe that's why my voice seems a little lower because it's starting to crack in the back a little bit. And that 2016 season with, you know, those players coming in, I'm writing those articles for BGN, even though I'm not, I know, I'm kind of just going through the motions of life before I, you know, take my time, go back to school, finish up, get my degree, all these things. And, you know, Brandon Brooks has that impact on me. The new coaching staff, Carson Wentz, new quarterback system all has that impact on me where I can believe in something. I can put myself behind something and I can wake up every day and things aren't going well to have this Eagles team. Then in 2017, things are getting better. I get myself back together, doing better, doing better mentally, physically, all these things. Go back to school that summer, take a class that summer before I finish out my final semester fall of 2017 at the University of Pennsylvania. And I go back to school and it's hard adjustment. I hadn't really been a full-time student, you know, who was, you know, a normal student going to class, doing homework, taking tests, doing papers. And over two years, really, uh, kind of kind of pissed away the last year there and then took a gap year. And when I went back to school and, you know, I'm taking two buses to and from school every day, not driving and parking in University City for sure. Uh, dealing with a bunch of classes every day. I'm not going to be moving the car between every class, right? Every, you know, 90 minute class, whatever. And what got me through that was listening to stuff like BGN radio every day, where now, you know, this is my job. But at the time I would be, you know, taking these buses back and forth, listening to Eagles podcast, just so happy to hear about the team because they were just so damn good that season. They're crushing teams. Everyone is getting killed. Everyone has this Super Bowl fever. And just as my life seems to be going on the upwards trajectory, so does this Eagles franchise. What did I deserve in life for this to happen to me? That when things are finally getting good, things are finally getting better for me. I'm taking control. I'm giving myself that agency to better my life. And it feels like I'm being rewarded with that by watching the best Eagles team ever watched. And I graduated school that December. And the Eagles had to the playoffs. Obviously, I was someone who I wasn't writing and podcasting this time, but someone who was very, very pessimistic on Nick Foles coming in as quarterback. I wanted to sign Tony Romo, bring him out of the booth. I wanted to sign Colin Kaepernick, anything. Uh, I was a Nick Foles believer in 2013, but the 2014 campaign just soured me on him. And, you know, thinking, I don't know what this playoff run is going to be. I'm not super optimistic if we can win some games, whatever. You know, my whole life has revolved around the Eagles winning the Super Bowl and getting to a Super Bowl parade one day. I don't know if that's going to happen now because of this Carson Wentz injury. And then, as you know, Nick Foles goes in there, does his magic, plays like Joe Montana for three weeks in the winter of 2018. The Eagles win the Super Bowl. And, you know, I felt like what better graduation present could I have as someone who took all this time, took some time off, really, you know, had these failures and highs, highs and lows throughout my college experience that when I finally got my degree, when I finally did the right thing, when I finally took control of my life, I was rewarded with an Eagle Super Bowl title. And then what we always, my friends growing up and I always talked about was how magical an Eagle Super Bowl parade. We would drink 5,000 beers. We would, you know, destroy my friend's old car that he hated and would break down all the time and do it as kind of this ultimate cathartic release. And we'd stay up all night. We'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning, go hang out, you know, 
on street corners. We used to drink when we were in high school or, you know, the summers in between college and stuff and just, you know, party, have this party that we all dreamed of. And as I'm sure you saw, if you follow me on Twitter, familiar with my work, I had met my girlfriend at the Eagles Super Bowl parade. I had, you know, it, it's, it's weird in that way. She, well, she was my girlfriend. I guess we'll get to that part is during the Super Bowl. I guess I haven't told this story. I think symmetry now kind of ring composition. I told this story in my first podcast way back in 2019. And so I'll get kind of tell the story again. So the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and yeah, if you don't want to listen to the story, you heard it, the story you can turn off, but whatever. This is a fun story, and there's a new uh, epilogue on the story that I'm sure might interest you if you're interested in my podcast and or the things I'm saying. So quick story. Everyone kind of knows a little bit. Uh, Eagles win the Super Bowl parade. I uh, win the Super Bowl. I tweet out a picture of that uh, sailor, that VJ Day picture, you know, where the, they're kissing in Times Square, and I'm just, you know, effing around street out mean or girl on broad street i'm not asking for someone to come make out with me i'm just you know single guy who's goofing around acting like he's gonna cuck some dude or whatever uh and the in the total debaucherous celebration that is the eagles winning the super bowl and then you know i party that night hang with my friends on broad street have a great time wake up the next day you know again hanging out with my friends drinking having the time of our life this this moment we had dreamed about our entire lives comes true and uh, a woman, a girl, responds to my tweet and says, oh, we should recreate this picture at the Eagles parade. I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. She doesn't know who I am, but I guess this tweet got retweeted in her feed. So, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, morning of the Eagles parade, I text her. I didn't really think I was going to meet up with her. I'm like, hey, you still game? And she says, absolutely. And I was like, oh, this girl is, is something. She was living in South Philly at the time. I'm from South Philly. Uh, Eagles parade starting at the Novacare complex went northbound towards the art museum uh, parade relatively early in the day comes past me where I was in South Philly. I go up and meet her a little bit more North uh, towards city hall in the more Northern part of South Philly. Uh, my friends there to take a picture of us. So we just go on the street. I, you know, kind of meet up with her. Her phone's on 1% bad service. I don't think I'm going to meet up with her. And then she finally, you know, I'm sitting down on the curb and she goes, Oh, are you shameless? I said, yeah, yeah. We get together. have like, some sloppy make drunk make out in the, the middle of broad street. And we both just kind of are laughing like crazy and Walker separate ways. And that was in and had that picture. Uh, but then I tweet out the picture and screenshots of the tweets. I love the picture. And it just completely blew up the, the whole story I had, you know, 10,000 retreats or whatever. And, you know, I'm waking up the next day with calls from local news stations, time magazine, all these reporters from across the country trying to do a story on this. And it was, you know, blew my mind. I'm just like, well, what, what did I get myself into? And then, uh, you know, going on a date with a girl goes well, and go on another date, and then you know, you realize you're dating a girl, and you know, things going well, and then move in with her. And then it's been a couple of years, and you know, for a little bit, people are like, Oh, you're still dating the girl from a parade. My my now fiance, actually, I guess I gave away the end of the story. Uh, no, you're still with that girl. And I said, Yeah, Ashley, she's Ashley, she's not just the girl from the parade. We live together, it's been a while. And then this past Friday, and we're getting recording this Wednesday, last Friday, I ended up uh, going back to where we first met on that corner in South Philadelphia at the parade. I proposed to her. Nearly four years after the Eagles had won the Super Bowl, I'll remember the date. I didn't do it intentionally, but it works out. Uh, the day of the 38-7 to game was January 21st. I proposed on January 21st. So I'll never forget that date. I got that going for me at least. And she said yes. And then, you know, had a similar response on Twitter. And I put out the picture that we got engaged. Obviously people remember the original story blew up, uh, went on the news on Tuesday. So me and my now fiance actually are on uh, the Fox 29 morning show on there talking about our story. We had gone on there 
you know, several years ago, four years ago when we first met. And then we're talking on there, we're listening to them and having this nice light conversation talking about it. And then one of the hosts goes like, oh, what was your favorite play? Was it like the Brandon Graham strip sack? And I'm like, yeah, man, that was that was the first time I really cheered all game. I was so nervous that the entire game before that I couldn't really cheer. I was kind of just stuck melting in my couch, you know, wasn't even drinking or eating, thought I was going to throw up in any second. And that was the first moment that was that true cathodic release. I'm screaming, I'm crying, I'm cheering, all these emotions pouring out. And as I'm kind of talking this, someone pulls up on screen, and who is it? It's Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham delivers a message to both me and my fiance Ashley, saying that our story is so incredible that this is what he loves about Philadelphia, what he loves about Eagles fans. This is what makes this fan base so special and why he loves this city so much. And I'm like tearing up on on TV. She's crying. I'm tearing up on TV. I'm tearing up talking about this. Um, and what more? You know, the Eagles never acknowledged it when we uh, gotten we when we got together. Originally, started dating, which I thought was a little odd. But um, you know, see an eagle, not just any eagle, an eagle that might have had the single one play that had the most impact in the history of the franchise to take time to personally send. Me and my fiance, a congratulatory message, uh, given that we met because of him. If he doesn't do that strip sack, I don't know. Maybe I'm dead in a ditch. Maybe I'm still 27, 28 years old living with my parents for all I know. But here I am now, engaged, have our own place. I've lived together for a few years, moved into a nice new apartment last year, getting married, I guess, in the next year or two, whatever. And it's because of Brandon Brooks, guys like that. It's because of Brandon Graham, guys like that. It's because of Nick Falls, guys like that. Brandon Brooks really helped me when I needed someone in my life to be a guiding light. And someone like Brandon Graham, I needed an Eagles hero. I needed a Super Bowl hero. And I got one. Now he returns the favor to me. He's thanking me for being a part of uh, being such a great Eagles fan or whatever. I'm like, thank me. Thank you. Thank you for everything. I was messaging with him on Instagram after because I posted a video clip of it. And he said, hey, congrats again, man. That's an unbelievable story. And I just said, thank you for everything. That's it, man. 100 episodes are from the bleachers. More of the story is sometimes being an Eagles fan is more than just football. I think that sums it up well. All right. That's it for me. I like that episode. If you're not really a fan of me and just listen to podcasts, you might not be into all the, the personal details, but whatever. Some people will like it. And I'm glad I could kind of share this story with you. And maybe uh, you could show it to someone else who – you know, talks a lot of smack on Eagles fans saying they're crazy, they're this and that, and say, hey, man, this is what it's really about. People coming together, people's families, people's friends, and the bonds, the community around it. All right. That's it. Seamus Clancy. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. You can follow the Bleeding Green Nation Instagram that both myself and our great podcast producer, Ray Shell, run at Bleeding Green Insta. And be back next week doing an episode of Odds and End Zones with my boy Zoe tomorrow. So that should be out probably Friday doing some conference championship talk. But everyone, go birds. Keep leading green.